0: life is the soul's journey to experience this physical world living life to the fullest is how we get the most from that experience join me in my podcast and youtube series to explore the soul's journey and our connection to spirit hi i'm kennedy morgan spirit medium and welcome to hello from heaven hello vicky
1: (laughs) happy monday Good afternoon, Kennedy. How are you? And yes, happy Monday. Happy Monday. So um, what did you end up doing uh, in, during the weekend after I saw you? You know, I just chilled. I've got this, that's why I've got this raspy horsey voice thing. Really uh-huh. sexy. Um, <laughs> I just can't get rid of it. So it's I that. just chilled and tried to get, um, I feel okay, yeah. but it just wants to linger along my throat. So just chilled and had a good yeah, afternoon.
0: This thing is going around. It's like, I feel like everybody is sick you know? Um, yeah.
1: And even in Canada, I've heard lots of people the same as just North America. Everyone's getting it.
0: You know what? I, I, when I first had it, maybe about three weeks ago, I started getting the scratchy throat and the next day it was really sore. So I just gargled for three minutes a day with um, a mouthwash. I know you can supposed to gargle with salt too, um, but I gargled with mouthwash and it went away in like three days. So it didn't mm-hmm. linger. Uh, but what did linger was basically the um uh, the congestion, especially like in my nasal cavity area um, right. and in my throat, like the phlegm, but that was really it. I didn't really get it too bad, which was which is good because i I hate being sick.
1: <laughs> you know me as well. I did do the salt rem- remedy remedy mm-hmm. and then last night I went and bought all my little manuka honey and a bunch of different you know ginger and lemon and water and just really yeah. To, yeah.
0: Yeah. So today,
1: uh, we have a special
0: guest. And well, first of all, I want to say uh, thank you for joining me on my podcast. It's I'm so excited to have this journey with you, Vicki, you have no idea. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun and bring a lot of awareness to, pe- to, to people and also to um um the that journey that other people have in whatever it is that they want to share with us and uh, that connection and their connection to spirit as well. So, um, so today we have a special guest and she does, uh, work with plant medicine. And I thought that, you know, I've always had questions regarding plant medicine. I don't know about you, but, um, and how it works and what it's all about, because there's, you know, a lot of people here in Puerto Vallarta do it and possibly around the world too. But, um, I've always you know, heard stories from other people and I get conflicting views and conflicting stories about their experience. And I want to bring, you know, Crystal on here to get her take since she's the specialist on the plant medicine genre. So um, here we go. We're going to have a come on. Are you ready?
1: Yes, I'm ready. And I'm excited also because I've got lots of curious questions.
0: Awesome. Here we go.
1: (laughs) Hey, Crystal,
0: how are you?
2: Hey, Wonderful, Kennedy. Nice
0: to see you. Good. You look amazing, by the way, but then you mm-hmm. always do, so. <laughs>
2: Thank you.
0: Yeah. So I, I want to introduce you to Vicki. Vicki is uh, my co-host here on the podcast, and we wanted to have you on today just because, one, I haven't talked to you for a, lot, for a while, and two, I want to see what's going on with you and catch up a little bit, and then also talk about your work with plant medicine.
2: Okay. Sounds
0: um, good. Uh, but first of all, how's your new place?
2: Oh, we're loving it! It's absolutely wonderful.
0: Yeah, I was yeah. I was walking by there the other day, going to a to a reading uh, myself, and I was like, "Oh my god, I should come in and visit," but I didn't really have time. So, <laughs> awesome. and you, and you probably weren't home anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> now, now, right now, you're doing some you're doing some work out of your your house, then.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. So, a lot awesome. of the ceremonies are hosted locally. Um, mm-hmm. Almost all of the work is hosted here locally, apart from the retreats.
0: Okay. Well, wh- why don't you tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do and and all the good stuff that you're creating in the world?
2: Yeah, my name is Crystal, and I'm the proprietor of Healthy Healing Goddess. Um, so basically, I work in all different modalities of plant medicine. So anything from transitioning people to a more healing diet, helping them get off some of the pharmaceuticals and turn to more natural Uh, Supplements for them to support some issues that they may be having, Mm. all the way through the scale of work with enthanogens. So, working into deep traumas with Mm. uh, sacred plant medicines. Mm. Now, how did you get started in all
0: that? With all that?
2: Um, I've always been really drawn to the natural way of living and um, plants and utilizing food as medicine, uh, but it really took a pivot in 2017. When I was, I got very sick and was hospitalized for four days here in Vallarta. Oh wow! And so that was a big turning point for me, and um, it was due to some toxic mold exposure, and I had an internal fungal infection that was affecting my organs. So it was a very serious thing. And when I went home, and I was in this recovery mode. You know, I was doing a little bit of yin yoga and really just kind of online and searching for things to assist within my healing. This is when ayahuasca really started appearing to me. Mm. And I couldn't even tell you the first time that it came about, um, but it was just this thing that kept happening and it kept popping up. And I said, okay, there's something to this. And as I began to research more, it was really looking like something that really helped me to both heal physically as well as emotionally and spiritually. So that is where my journey really took off into the work.
0: Okay. Now, um, is there a qualification that you have to have, or courses that you have to take, or I mean, I don't know because I, 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 this is why I, I wanted to have you on the podcast because I have so many questions. I've, heard, <laughs> I, I've hear, I hear so many different, you know, viewpoints and perspectives and stories and sometimes it's conflicting and sometimes it's really good. sometimes it's you know people's journey is not that great or maybe they don't have a, a great of an experience with it. but um, uh, so I wanted to have you on the podcast just to kind of sort of clear all of that for us and for our audience as well because you never know I think there's a lot of people I know Vicki and I talked about it uh, yesterday and this morning too as well about how people might want to have this experience but they just don't know number one, who to trust and who to go to, to have, you know, a plant medicine type experience. Number, number two, um, what that experience might be like for them and what to expect in that experience. And then number three, why would you want to have, you know, ayahuasca experience or any, or, you know, go with plant medicine in general. So, um, but first I want to know, like, what, did you have to take courses to learn about this? Or was it just something that you picked up or learned from other people Uh or...
2: Yeah, learning, uh, learning plant medicine is a little bit different than the natural path of, of learning other things. Um, there's no like set course, although there are courses on shamanic practices and things that can enhance your practice. Um, but it's really truly about having that innate calling. Um, a lot of people speak of a calling to work with the medicine and that is truly what happens. Um, before I went and sat my first experience with ayahuasca, I was feeling this calling that there was going to be something within my future, within the path, within sharing this medicine. And after I had that first experience, it was clear as day that, yes, I need to have this within the realm of my path and my work, because it was such an incredibly pivotal and impactful moment for me um, that I knew that I needed and wanted to share that with other Mm -hmm. people. healing as well Um, so you don't actually go and you take a course but what needs to happen um, is that you study under a shaman or under Mm -hmm. a healer or someone who's been practicing the medicine for a long time and so you know that i know there are other people that go out you can you know a lot of these medicines are available online now and you can just go out and buy them and all of a sudden they're serving this medicine And it can be dangerous, people can have bad experiences within that realm. It really needs to be something that is respected and honored and followed by a tradition. So I studied for years with a local shaman and consulted with a shaman in Peru that I had worked with prior. Um, The shaman in Peru was a third generation healer. Uh, He has been working with the medicine since he was eight years old. My local shaman was working with the medicine for a decade before I came in and studied under him. And they have to approve you to begin to internship, so to speak, and mm-hmm. study the medicines under them and feel that you truly have that calling
1: mm-hmm.
2: to the medicine and to, to sharing. So it's a lot of um, apprenticing work um, and serving and serving for the medicine and serving under the other healers to Learn the path, Mm -hmm. and don't get to like okay in one year, in two years, and you know you don't get a a set time frame when they feel that you are ready Mm -hmm. and have absorbed the information that is necessary, and that your heart and space is in the right space to serve. Mm -hmm. That's when you're ready to go out on your own and serve.
0: Okay, so that doesn't make that doesn't mean that you're a shaman since you studied other under other shamans then am I correct or is it okay yeah okay and you know it's interesting because I I think we discussed this at one point something on Facebook where someone said something to the effect of how um plant medicine is a sacred medicine and and it's it's a native or like it's sacred in terms of being native to the country right and I found that post kind of funny because I, I was thinking to myself well it's it, that plant grows basically around a lot of the indigenous regions of the world. Um, so doesn't that make that plant available to everyone in the world? Because are we all on the same planet or are we all in the same you know, world together? So why can why is it that one that only indigenous people can share that experience and other people can't? Or that why? does it have to be an indigenous person who can teach that or or facilitate that experience and others can't so i always yeah. thought that perspective was funny do you have what do you think
2: yeah i mean i feel i'm very much in line with with how you feel you know we are all here on this planet we are all indigenous to this planet mm-hmm. um, and the plant specifically ayahuasca has recently emerged out into the western world so Many years ago, um, the shamans and the tribes of the Amazon, when people would come to them or tribe members would come to them for healing, the person seeking the healing did not take the medicine. The shaman drank the medicine and journeyed for them and found the traumas and things that were needed to be healed and healed them on a spiritual level. As people began approaching the medicine in the Amazon and as the medicine decided to make its approach out into the western world the dynamics have changed a little bit and now participants come and they share within the sacrament of the medicine as well as the facilitator or shaman Um, the medicine has a feminine spirit and energy to it um, so it's often referred to as mother mother ayahuasca Mm. or grandmother ayahuasca it can take on a motherly or grandmotherly energy depending on what that person needs at the time and so she is considered a master teacher plant and we learn directly from her so i feel that if she did not want to be being exposed and people healing with her on a global level she would have stayed within the amazon and kept within that lineage that had been for hundreds of years Mm -hmm. but as speaking to these healers and particularly like my shaman in peru that's multi-generational healer you know he feels that the world is very sick on multiple levels and that this is needed in humanity for Mm. this time for this medicine Mm. it's it's come out at this time for a purpose in this time yeah
0: isn't that interesting because it's only in the past like maybe and maybe it's only because i've been exposed to it and over the past three years but it really has <laughs> excuse me it really has been the past like 3 years that i've uh, really seen it take hold and a, i hear a lot more people talking about it um but to me the interesting part of it is that it coincides with like covid and all this other stuff that's happening in the world and all the changes that people are going through and um uh all the different like transformations or transitions that they're that they're both physically outside themselves in their environment, home, relationship, life, things like that, but also too internally as well. Um, and I find that that's interesting that it, that it, for me, well, it's probably been around I know for, for a while and people have probably been talking about it for a while, but I've just noticed that more and more people are actually participating in the ceremonies and the experience itself. So. Um, yeah, that's I interesting. That. What Tell us real briefly for those of you, those of the audience that don't really understand or know what ayahuasca is, what is it exactly? And how is it made? What do you do with it?
2: Yeah, so ayahuasca is, um, the traditional brew is made of just two plants, the ayahuasca vine or Banisteriopsis caapi vine, and the leaf of the chacruna plant. So these two plants are combined to make what is known as the sacrament or tea or drink of ayahuasca. Um, without the two, the effects do not happen. Uh, it's very interesting. The vine grows in one place, the leaf grows in another. And somehow through this divine network of the universe, these people learn to combine them to have these plant spirits awaken and be able to come out through
0: this that is, that is just crazy because I mean what do people what did those people do that they sit there all day and just like you know put little plant leaves together with roots and like have a whole like apothecary you know laboratory or something like that where they just figured all this stuff out like how did they even figure it out
2: it's so. amazing so many different stories of the lineage and things like that you know and um but it's true. She calls, you know, so there's this calling. So they combine the, the vine with the leaf. The tricuna leaf is the plant that has um, the dimethyltryptamine um, contained within it. Mm-hmm. So this is where you may or may not have visionary qualities on, mm-hmm. on a ayahuasca. Um, it is not 100% guaranteed. Some people do, some people do not. It just depends on what you need for your personal healing in that moment.
0: And is there like a specific dosage that somebody takes or what's, how do you figure that out?
2: Yes. Um. So me personally, I always, there are some people who should not receive the medicine of ayahuasca. There are some mm. contributions to the medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone that is on MAOIs or SSRIs um, cannot take the medicine. They need a minimum, minimum of 45 to 90 day detox, depending on the dosage and how long they've been on that. medicine. And, and what is
0: that? What is what are those things you just said? Uh,
2: so those are like <laughs> antidepressant medicines. Okay. Um, or anti, yeah, any antipsychotic, antidepressant, anxiety medications. Okay. Um, those work within the same area of the brain as the ayahuasca does. Oh, okay. So it's very crucial that people are detox and have that out of their system for an extended time, because there can be. It can be very dangerous and cause um, what's called a serotonin uptake syndrome to where the serotonin is not regulated anymore. Oh, okay. So it's very so. important that those people detox off of those medications before coming in and taking the ayahuasca so the ayahuasca can do her healing work. Because what's huh. really happening is it's rewiring the nets in the brain. Okay. And assisting in healing.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: I personally request that every participant fill in a medical questionnaire to first ensure that they can receive that medicine safely before partaking in a ceremony. And um and there's certain preparations that are needed to prepare for the medicine as well. Mm-hmm. And um, there's there's a, a whole process to coming in and, and receiving that medicine.
0: Sure. I was talking to Vicky this morning. I was like, "There's got to be, there's got to be something or some way where they know how to administer the 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 ceremony and and ayahuasca to people because it can't just be like random."
2: No, um, and for people coming in on the first time, um, we do give a reduced dose to see mm-hmm. how they are to react with the medication first, because it is a medicine. So, like mm-hmm. anything, you know, some people have a different reaction to other things as others. Um, average dose would be probably around 30, 35 to maximum 40 milliliters on a, on a single dose serving. So it's about a shot glass is mm-hmm. what you're looking at um, mm-hmm. for the average dose of ayahuasca.
0: And then what, I mean, what happens when you go into these experiences? What does crazy stuff happen in your head? Do you see visions? Do I mean, you know, do you go out of your body? What, what actually
1: happens?
2: Um, it is so extremely challenging to put it into words because each time that you work with this medicine is different from the last time. And each person that is within a ceremony is having their own internal journey. So no one is having the same experience as the person next to them. Mm. So we have a saying that she gives you what you need, not necessarily what you want. So it's really connects in with your preparation, your intention that you're going in to work with her. You know, are you, are you there because you have a post-traumatic stress syndrome and you're really looking to release that deep-rooted trauma? You know, mm-hmm. your experience may be very deep in going through that, processing that trauma. Are you looking for, you know, generally uh, to be a more conscious person and have that connectivity to the collective? You know, you may be on a, a higher journey. You may be cleansing physically. And purging and processing so that your body can receive these energetic messages in, in a more clear way. So there's not um, a box description that I can give you as far as what your experience may or may not be.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Some people may have visions. Some people may not have visions. The only thing that I can share is that it is compared to once sitting one ceremony over the course of one night. Is compared to about eight years of normal physio talk therapy Mm -hmm. so you're going to have this monumental shift in your thinking and your knowing and your understanding over the course of that night to the following morning so it's definitely a life-changing experience it just is variant upon what that is and what's important and what's needed in your life Mm. wow interesting
1: how many days are, um, do you recommend, Crystal? Like, is it a, is it a one-time um, process? I know it's usually like six to eight hours, but what's your recommendation for um, someone doing it? Wait, it's yeah. 68 so, hours?
2: Well, um, okay, so it's, a, it's comp- an overnight complete. So we start around nine o'clock <laughs> evening. And it, and <laughs> sorry, it's, sorry, it's overnight. Oh my God. Okay, it's sorry.
1: <laughs>
0: I know, I well, you know, I... See, I don't know that much about ayahuasca or plant medicine, for that matters. But I always thought it was like maybe just a couple
2: hours. (laughs) Yes, traditionally held through the course of the entire night. So we start around nine, take the medicine around 10, 1030. And um, after a couple hours, usually around two hours, you'll have an option to take more medicine should you feel that you need to or would like to go deeper with the experience. Um, The medicine ceremony, you close down when the sun comes up. And so it's really dependent upon the person, you know, some people can have um, back to your question, Vicky, some people can have the results that they're looking for within one experience and they're good and they're, you know, they've received the messages that they need. They can move forward and and integrate these messages within their life and how their daily activities and thoughts and actions may change based on that. Some people have things that they need to go deeper within. So then you have more of like a retreat setting where you have multiple ceremonies throughout the week so that you can go into deeper work. Um, Some people like to do them, you know, once every few months or twice a year. So it's really variant again, upon the person, what they're facing and um, how deep the trauma is or or what they're looking to to heal or receive from from the medicine.
1: I'm mm-hmm. glad so um, you're doing this uh, and do you guys have like a, a calling what you recommend for them to do work on a on a steady basis like when you're working medicine is there other internal work that you recommend doing
2: oh absolutely so okay. um, in preparation to receive the medicine it's really important to cleanse the physical body and to begin to connect into the spiritual self so a practice of like qigong or meditation yoga things like that to begin um, centering the self in order to um, partake within this experience i also offer um, a medicine called combo which is a deeply detoxifying medicine that is recommended to partake in prior to receiving the ayahuasca that's just a deeper cleansing of the physical body so that way it's not um, having to work to cleanse all the toxins out of the body it can go direct into work with the intention of, of what it is that is needed in that moment and then really where the true work begins, which I cannot stress enough, is post-ceremony. So mm. post-ceremony and the integration is key to to working with this medicine. You know, it's very different from other psychedelic substances like LSD or mushrooms where you're like, oh, I'm going to go have this experience. Or maybe it's more of a recreational thing. Ayahuasca is very much not like that. You know what? It. I'm
0: I'm so glad you touched and I'm sorry to interrupt you I'm so glad you touched on that because and again Vicky before the podcast yesterday we were talking a little bit about you know um some of our own questions and just between ourselves because I know Vicky and correct me if I'm wrong Vicky that you had a little bit of a calling to do maybe ayahuasca or something like that and you, you had said something I did
1: I, I actually met a friend and we were talking about ayahuasca and it was about a eight-
0: We just lost two months ago
1: and I've been on a grief journey. I lost my son two years ago and I thought it was too soon, but I met with a practitioner over zoom and it was really interesting. I had this mystical experience, which I didn't realize that it was the vine and the leaf. So that night after I talked to her, I literally had the vine go up through my body. And this crazy long story that I'd like to share with you after, but she was saying, I invoked the medicine and I had this deep calling to do it, but I was leaving on in 10 days to go to Europe with my husband. And I literally wanted to go to Oregon. And I was like, it was everything in my power holding me back not to go. Mm. Um, And I ended up at the last minute not going. Mm. Uh, But when you say that calling, it was so profound um, and mystical. And like, it was like I was having a I journey also so it was like I was having an inner journey experience yeah, yeah. so since then I've been really really fascinated um mm-hmm. and that was my other question to you: is recommending like I've been doing my grief work on my journey um and these last six months um I've been doing them more in a humanistic way mm-hmm. so I think I'm kind of ready for this next level do you work with with grief with people going through their grief journey on the in the medicine with the medicine
2: yeah absolutely um it's an excellent tool to help in coping with grief post-traumatic stress anything like that um i will tell you though that um you know you had that call and that was beautiful and that was that awareness but it didn't happen because it wasn't the right time she knows when that mm-hmm. right time is, and that's when it will happen for you
1: yeah and you're 100 percent correct and i knew i still that grief was still too deep within me. I'm bringing it more into my heart now, and she knew it wasn't my time. Um, I felt that hundred percent, and I was so excited um, at the time. I literally was going to, you know, think about not going on my trip with my husband and meeting him there. That's how strong the calling was. He doesn't know this, so when he listens to this podcast, <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, hopefully it doesn't get you in trouble with your husband. No, it
1: won't. Um. But at wanted- the same time, that's where I was going to ask you with, you know, I, I think we always are doing our grief work through our journey, but there's probably a time that um, she'll invite us in to explore that with with, with the medicine.
2: Absolutely. Yes. Um, and like you said, you know, you knew that that was a protected thing, like you were very excited, but in retrospect, she was protecting you because you weren't set in that space to where you could come in with that lovingness and that joy. And those two words, you know, are so so powerful to utilize within the ceremony to be able to connect in with the love and the gratitude um, is tremendous key in working with this medicine, because if you come in with a very anxiousness or uh, fear, you know, of course, whatever vibration we're putting out is matched. So I always meet with all of my participants prior to ceremony. and. Do a little bit of guidance with them, get them to know each other so that that comfortableness and that bond begins to form and then guide them into how to work with the love and the gratitude once the medicine begins setting in to be able to connect into that higher vibration so that they can truly tap into the magic and the love of the medicine versus a fear-based response or reaction.
0: That's, <clears throat> excuse me, that is such a, such a, I think a really good point to make there. Cause I always feel that whatever you go into, whether it be ayahuasca or going into a new job, it doesn't really matter when you go into it, fear-based or with anxiousness, and then there's a difference between being excited and being anxious, right? Sometimes it's the same, it feels the same. But when you go into it with lower vibrational set points or mindsets, um I think that sometimes it it it, it creates resistance, you know, in order for you to really be able to get the experience that you want to get out of the new job or the ayahuasca experience for that matter. Um let me, I don't know how to ask this question without sounding like an asshole, um, but um, uh, I find that a lot of people, especially here in Puerto Vallarta, talk about the ayahuasca experience or the or the plant medicine experience, particularly mushrooms and maybe even the, what what do you call the the, the frog? Uh, uh, Bufo, okay. And so, and I feel as if some people use it as a crutch, um plant medicine as a crutch to kind of to just escape versus like actually doing work within themselves or or work within the the spirit or the emotional or mental aspect of things is has have you seen that or has that been your experience or what are your thoughts on that
2: yes I have seen that um as with anything people can have an addiction to anything right anything that allows them to escape whether it be an addiction to work addiction to a substance you know addiction to whatever insert insert activity there Um, the plant medicines i i have seen that as well um, where people get you know they don't want to come back they're in this mystical experience they're having this spiritual revelation and, and they don't want to come back to the reality to this world um, and I would say that this is where the integration and the guidance really comes in, because mm. if I see someone that is getting within that, it is my responsibility as a practitioner to bring that into their awareness and I to ask, you know, are you truly seeking this for healing or are you just escaping because this is about healing not about run you know escaping something it's about going into it so that it can heal and pass
0: i love that yeah. i love that
2: it's it... to be, i feel i feel very much resonant that it's extremely important to be a teacher if you are going to walk this path and serve these sacred medicines that innately you take on the role and put on the hat as the teacher because people are not educated about these things. It's new to the Western world. And, you know, from, you know, the 60s and 70s, it was just like a recreational thing of psychedelics. And as we begin to work with these sacred plant medicines, and especially the deeper ones like the bufo and the ayahuasca, you know, it's critical to teach people about them and how to work with them going forward versus just giving them a medicine experience. And that's it.
0: Yeah, we were talking. <clears throat> we were talking about that yesterday with Marg, Vicky. Remember about how yeah. um, when I when we do when I do these uh, workshops and courses and things like that, when when I'm holding space for the people in the workshop, I am responsible for their spiritual health at that point and in that moment. And I think there's a risk, I mean, it sounds simple, but but really there is a true responsibility as a teacher that you have when you start to work with more to the, more of the spiritual aspects of the self and things like that. Because if you recognize somebody who's coming into something with fear and you don't address it, or you continue to 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 move forward without addressing it, and that person then has this horrible experience and it, it impacts them or scars them for the rest of their life, then it becomes your fault, right? Because yeah, now, because now you've, you've, because you're the one who introduced that and you fail to to guide them appropriately where they would get the best experience that they, that they had, which leads me to my, my next question is, how often do people do this? And, and, or how often do you recommend people do this? And should they do it? regularly or when they do it, do it with the same facilitator or administrator of the medicine versus like going from one person to one person to one person to one person, to one person just because it's ayahuasca?
2: Um, this is going to be very personal. So the answer will vary on depending upon each person. Mm-hmm. I would say that as we were just talking about, you know, like jumping into the next experience or like, you know, oh, I want to do that again. I want to do that again. Now, some people, they had a beautiful experience and they want to go deeper within that. And you have to be able to gauge and read that participant if that's truly what they're seeking. Um, if someone is just, you know, I want the next thing, the next thing and jumping to this practitioner and this practitioner and, and the next medicine and coyote and ayahuasca and you're not giving yourself time to integrate mm-hmm. and take from that that one ceremony what was needed because as you begin the integration process the more clean you stay in your diet the more you continue your practices with the meditation or the yoga the mindfulness of just doing a walk in nature quietly without a phone and connecting in with that spirit the longer the medicine is going to stay active and be continue to give you messages so you may still be receiving messages weeks months or even a year out Mm. depending on your responsibility to the integration process afterwards. Mm-hmm. So some people may be ready in a month or a couple of months to have another experience. Some people may be a year or two and still be working with the integration from that original ceremony.
0: The only reason why I asked you about that is because um, I see, and this is just my perspective. I see like someone who is facilitating plant medicine and or facilitating spiritual work, like a spiritual coach, for example, Um, that, that when they work with, work with the same person over time, that they learn that they see the growth within that person. And then at that point, they know what they need and what to give them so that they can move forward in their development or spiritual development or emotional or mental, you know, healing. Um, so that's why I asked you that because I would think, and this is just my perspective, I would think that if you were to going to go with somebody and do ayahuasca with them, and and that um, uh, the person who facilitates the plant medicine, um, that you would go to the same person because they would recognize your journey from the beginning to where you are today. And that was the only reason why I asked you that question.
2: Yeah, that can definitely be a tool that is beneficial, um, particularly for the participant, because as you continue to go into these deep experiences and we have the integration circles following, you know, the layers of the onion, so to speak, are coming off and mm-hmm. you know that path and you understand where they've been coming from. So, right. yes, yeah, so it's easier to continue to guide them. Now, at the same aspect, I would definitely say that Puerto Vallarta has a transientness of it. And sure. And people- are in and out um so again i teach them what to look for in other facilitators what they should be asking for what they should be doing for preparations for integration so that if this person is on a passing through experience and they are called to work with medicine somewhere else that they have the tools to, and their checklist to go okay is this going to be right for me and truly feel if that person's energy resonates with them you know mm-hmm. if they're not meet with them or talk with them before and it's just more of a business model, I would recommend that they find someone who is willing to resonate and share that energy and get to know them to really be able to assist them in the best way
0: possible. Mm. Now um I I have two more questions and I'll let Vicki speak. So I'm sorry. I'm so <laughs> Vicky Vicky's is the so one creative, who so, <laughs> I'm so excited. Vicki is the one who's been thinking about doing this. And I, you know, I I and I'll be honest with you, I'm not, I'll but Vicky on. is, but um and you'll have to tell me your experience, Vicky. But um so I I love just to just to have more knowledge. Uh, so what exactly does someone experience when they're doing IYOS? I mean, what do you what happens? What do you see? Is it I mean, do you see strange creatures? Do you do you see strange aliens? I don't know what what happens.
2: Sometimes you see nothing. Sometimes you can experience the entire universe of the cosmos. Sometimes people have an experience of. The serpent is a very um, common one that comes in, the energy of the serpent or the jaguar, um, a lot of, but I would say almost across the board, no matter what you're experiencing, may that be a visual or a physical or an emotional or a spiritual experience, you're going to feel that feminine energy and Mm -hmm. that support for her and possibly even her speaking to you. In a voice, um, so that feminine guidance is is like the main thing that you will. I can almost say across the board, most people resonate with
0: resonate with, I I and I was listening to another podcast. And I think it's the Joe Rogan Experience yeah. podcast. Do you ever watch that show?
1: Uh-huh. And
0: um uh and he talks about th- th- there. It's a group of of I guess uh scientists that are now starting to map. The world of the, the, the experience of the world of ayahuasca that people have because they're realizing and I don't know if this is true or not but <clears throat> but they're realizing that um that they're or they think that when people go into this other world within themselves when they do ayahuasca that they actually go into another another dimension Absolutely. and so when they so that what they're trying to do is they're doing these experiments with people who are volunteers basically to go through the ayahuasca experience and then they come back and describe their experience and who they meet or you know what they see things like that and interestingly enough and what from what i understand is that they are now realizing that that there are very similar or the same entities spiritual Mm -hmm. beings experiences that people have in this dimension or in this world which is unusual because the psyche of an individual from one person to the next is completely different so why is it that we are that people are experiencing the same type of entities spiritual beings experiences places things like that and so they're starting to realize that maybe there's some evidence or some proof that When we have these ayahuasca or when people have these ayahuasca experiences, that they are actually going into the the dimension of the spirit world or the fifth dimension or whatever that may be, um, to allow them to be able to communicate with these entities and experiences that they have on the other side. Has anybody ever told you that or have you? Kind of sort of connected the dots and put things together like that
2: it's definitely a commonality um when people do have the visions you know there's a lot of fractal art there's a lot of the jaguar the snake the serpent um in bufo experiences a lot of people describe um a pure whiteness like the god molecule they just have this all knowing sense or um the entities um like the alien entities that's a very common one with the bufo as well like either the pure white or the so yes there are similarities in the experiences so you're definitely tapping into a collective energy um, Mm -hmm. because it's worldwide right these people Mm -hmm. don't know who this person is on the other side of the globe and they're tapping into similar energies on the other side
0: and and they're having similar experiences not knowing one another and having different you know having different life paths and things like that so it's just for me it's just so interesting like you know what what is beyond what we know of this mm-hmm. medicine, right?
2: And, yes. it's, and I just think it's
0: incredible. Um, uh, I always
2: think about you when I'm like going into ceremony because, you know, you have such a connection with the spirit world already. I said, oh, and it would be so amazing to hear about and see what your journey would be as you already have. <laughs> just walk on that other side so much.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I do walk in the other side so much and most of my life is dedicated to to the spirit and the spirit world and things like that and i always try to strengthen my connection um but that's exactly what vicky and i were talking about yesterday it's like you know how do you know whether you need it because i feel like i meditate every day and i go into this deep meditation yeah. and we were talking uh i was telling marg and vicky that marg is one of our friends uh vicky the other, yesterday we were out to lunch uh i was saying i so my boyfriend is in peru and yes. and i was in a meditation one day and i was literally sitting on my bed against the wall or against the headboard and uh i went deep into meditation and more deeper than i normally go go and i found myself on a motorcycle and i looked around and i could you know i i I saw that on the side of the motorcycle where there should be a rear view mirror, it was broken off. On the left-hand side, there was a rear view mirror and it was still there. And then I looked around me and behind me on the motorcycle where the passenger, like that passenger seat should be in behind, it was broken. And I was trying to start the motorcycle and ride it. And every time I would shift gears, it would I would hear this grinding, grinding, and I'd be on these roads that are like bumpy like this. And then I thought, what the hell, where am I? And immediately when I asked that question, I got the word Peru and I thought, oh crap. (laughs) And I realized that I was in my boyfriend's body. And so I got out of my meditation. There was other details too, but I got out of my meditation. I'm texting him like, Hey, I know this sounds crazy. Just say yes or no, but are you driving a motorcycle? And I talked. I talked to him about the broken mirror, and I described the back seat and how kind of the crunch and how he was the steering was off just a little bit on the motorcycle. And to me, I was like, I would never ride that motorcycle. It seems dangerous, right? And so he immediately texts back and says, "Yes. How did you know? Like that's so that, yes."
2: Trouble.
0: So I had this journey without even expecting it. So it happened twice, and another the time, I I. I saw myself, and I was just—I had a backpack, and as I was looking at my backpack and swinging it, swinging it over my shoulder, I—I um, I saw the rip where the 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 the, the um, strap connects to the actual backpack, and then I saw the hole in the backpack, and I saw somebody's phone hanging out of the hole, things like that. And I asked again, asked again, like, "Where am I?" And Peru came back again, and I was like, "Oh, crap!" <laughs> so then I get off, I get off, I get out of the meditation. I'm texting my boyfriend, and I'm like, "Hey, you need to go buy a new backpack." And because the phone's falling out of the back, you're losing stuff. The strap's broken. You know how could you like carry around this stuff? You need a new, a new one. And he texts me back. He says, "How did you know?"
2: Yeah. So you're astral traveling,
0: or yeah. is that what it is? Is astral? Tra- but then, oh, let me give you the, give. Let me give you the story. But then I thought, you know what? That's weird. But well, maybe what I could do is I could like just put my consciousness in like different things. or maybe that's what it was. Maybe it's not astral travel. Maybe it's just allowing my consciousness to be or to share that space with that person for a little oh bit. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You
2: know what I mean?
0: And I, I'm saying this because I imagine this might be happening too in the plant medicine.
2: Yes. I mean yes.
0: aspect of things. So so then I was meditating and again I went deep into meditation. And I, you know, when you're you know the objects around you in your house, right? So I'm in meditation. I thought, why don't I just put my consciousness like in the bull skull that I have hanging on the wall or like the um, dream weaver that I have hanging on my wall or like the obsidian stone that's on the top of my staff, you know, leaning against the wall. So I did.
2: Yeah.
0: It was the craziest thing ever. When I put my, and it wasn't, it was, I don't know how I did it. I don't know. I can't explain to you how it even worked, but when I started to focus just my attention on being inside the obsidian uh, shard that's on the top of one of my uh, staff that was created for me here, I saw my body on my bed meditating, and then I would pull it back. And I would be in my body again. I could, it's a very subtle difference, but I I I I felt myself back in my body. And then I pushed my consciousness again to like this, the dream weaver that's in front of my bed. <clears throat> and I saw myself the way meditating from the perspective or from the point of view of the dream weaver.
2: Yeah. It, was- it reminds me of when I was a child and, you know, I would have these out-of-body experiences and it's exactly what you are talking about, like yeah. that subtleness of being outside and seeing yourself laying there or sitting there and coming back in. And It was, it
0: was the craziest experience. And I, again, I don't know how I did it or even how the whole process works, but, um, and I could feel the essence of the dream weaver. Like I could feel the fibers of the wood or the branches that create the the circle around it. I could feel like the, the, the fibers of the strings that were in the, the dream weaver itself. And it was just like the, and like in the, the obsidian, when I looked for myself in the obsidian, it was like, I could see myself, but it was like this almost like wearing shades, like yeah. sunglasses. But I could see myself. It was the it was the craziest thing, and so <laughs> I have been doing that quite a bit. So and and just exploring in my meditation. But going back to why I brought that up was like, yes, I do meditation a lot, and um, I always ask myself, do I really need ayahuasca? Do I really need to have the plant medicine experience? And maybe it is for me. Maybe maybe it's not for me. I'm not saying that people shouldn't do it. Should not do it. I'm just saying, you know. For me, it wasn't something that I resonated with necessarily, but I always, when people have the experience and they come to me and they talk about it, I'm always fascinated. I'm all like, that's so cool.
2: And maybe it's not for you in this time. Maybe mm. down the line, you will have a call to experience it. But that's, I think it's it's so important. And I thank you for bringing this up that if you're not truly called to work with the medicine. You know, I discourage people from coming in who are just looking to have an experience because that's not how this works, you know, going back to like other psychedelics where you can just kind of have the experience and it's more of a recreational thing. Um, Ayahuasca in particular, it just doesn't work like that. It's about working with those messages after you come out of ceremony. And if you're not applying them, then she's going to keep tapping you on the shoulder and saying, hey, wait a minute, you know different now. What are you going to do about this, you know? So it's definitely important to have that call and want to partake in this for whatever that reason is.
0: There you go, Vicky.
1: <laughs> and that's exactly, I feel the calling, but I, I, re- I really resonated with it wasn't time for me yet. Um, mm-hmm. And I do really resonate with doing the cambo, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. yeah. yeah the first, um, and that's come into a play quite a few times um and more so just that i think my body needs a big detox yeah Breathe likes to hide in the body and i feel it where it's hidden um especially around my hips area and the pelvic area which you yes. say you know, the mother feminine stuff yes. so i'm really excited to talk to you about that you know in person on on this podcast but i love what you said about being called to and doing the work right um which kennedy and i talked about too we think you know I believe any spiritual work we have to do the work or it's not going to work right Absolutely. Um, as we know um but I love the part about like the meditation and journey and that was for me too it was like I can go there without it why am I why am I called to this right can I go higher there's a little bit of fear in there but just um a very small amount um a lot of times when you do read about it it's like the the psychosis right um you know, I've looked into that. I think it's a small amount of fear-based with me. I'm more excited. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. For- I,
2: think I think it's natural to have a little bit of fear or anxiety about something that is totally unknown that you're going right. to be in for hours, right? So um, that, that's normal. And that's where it really comes in of the preparation and meeting with you guys and, and getting you to a comfortable place so that when you do come in for that ceremony, you're ready
0: yeah and I think you know I think for I I think for a lot of people, and I could be wrong I'm I'm talking for people at this point, so I apologize, but um, but I know for me for sure, that when I go into something unknown, it's not about the fear of like what I'm going to experience, what's going to happen. It's the fear of letting go, releasing the control absolutely, absolutely. yeah, yep. And I think for me, that's what it would be. If I were to do something like this, that's what it would be. I would have to be comfortable with, you know, releasing that, that control. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. yeah. I teach people like, um, you know, our words are very powerful as well. So, you know, a lot of people surrender for a lot of people is like, that, that gives a little bit of an anxiety, you know, when you say surrender to something, because that's giving up all of your power or your control, Right versus I like to teach people when they come into the medicine to allow, allow the experience to happen, allow her to show you what needs to be. So that way you're not giving up all of your control. You can be in communion with her and speak with her, but allow her mm-hmm. to, and to show you the messages that mm-hmm. you need to have or the downloads that you need to receive.
0: Yeah, and I do that too when I'm working with, and it's funny because I still have this control thing, but um, but when I'm working with spirit, it's it, it when you said surrender, it just it just really hit home with me because that's what I relate to, and I've had to learn how to do that, working with spirit because it truly is about surrendering to that process and you know to them because in the in when I'm doing this I'm it's um it's about blending energies,
2: yeah,
0: yeah, and when you allow someone to blend their energy with you, especially it's particularly someone that is not a physical person right and when you blend the energies physically it's like your best friends you finish each other's sentences you you know you know what each other what each other are feeling especially like in cup between couples or best friends or like twins things like that right you're blending the energy there but when you're blending energies with you know entities or souls or spirit that you can't see and you don't you haven't grown up with them or you haven't spent that much time with them it is about releasing that releasing the control and surrendering to that process and their energy to be able to you know bring forward the messages and the details and the validations that you know that are brought forward in my sessions and it's not an easy thing to surrender to because when you're working with the unseen or the unknown and you are I don't know necessarily required to. And that's not the right, the right word, but when it's, there's a need to surrender like that to that degree, um, it gets a little bit scary sometimes for some people, you know. Yeah. So I I I understand that.
2: Yeah, your work and my work are very linear within that aspect because mm-hmm. we're working in this other world of the entities and the spirits and yeah. allowing that to come in and holding that space to allow that message to come through, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And then on my daily they
2: daily like
0: you know life I I just normal living I I love to be in control of my environment not other people when I say in control I'm not in control of other people but just like my environment and where I find myself to be but I because I also think that's part of like borders and boundaries for sure if there's an environment that you know you're not going to be you're not going to feel comfortable in why put yourself in that position absolutely so when I talk about control my environment that's what I'm talking about So, um, but I think that's so important to be able to surrender and to learn how to do that for not just for this particular situation or for, you know, mediumship or plant medicine or, you know, working psychically or doing massage therapy or yoga, whatever that may be, but surrendering to the process is important because when there's resistance there, that's when you don't grow.
1: So do you think the plant medicine crystal like blends with us? Like when we're blending energies, like what Kennedy was saying? Absolutely, mediumship, right? I just felt that, that she actually is working with you. Absolutely.
2: Right? So, yes. Yeah. Um, um, the medicine physically will be within your system 72 hours after you take it, but her spirit stays with you and you will continue to receive downloads and messages as you continue to stay open to doing so. So it's absolutely a blending of that energy. Yes. Beautiful.
1: So it's almost like a lifestyle the plant medicine would be, wouldn't it?
2: It is a lifestyle in the aspect that it will change your thinking and it's not necessarily that you may feel you may feel called to continue working with her you may feel called that mm-hmm. you're you have enough of her resonance within you to be fine for a while and work with that
1: um, but, but yes. as you're honoring her along the journey, she'll be working with you that's what I mean more of a lifestyle like she's in you so as you're honoring and going deeper into your meditations and more sacredness for yourself she seems to be in there uh, aligning with you
2: yes yes you you know you will feel um the heart opening the, the expansion you know the morning after when we share our experiences together you know and each person shares their little tidbit of their journey and what they went through and there's just this communal feeling and it's a connection that collective consciousness collecting within us Mm. and um allowing the compassion and understanding to radiate out and Mm. it's it's something
0: and i do believe in the uh, collective consciousness i i firmly believe in that um and and i think that you know i will always say explore what feels right to you and what's in a safe in a safe way, in a safe environment and do with somebody that, you know, um, knows what they're doing, whether it be plant medicine or anything else, uh, for that matter. Um, and in that exploration of it, you know, hopefully that it, 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 it do everything you can to, to, to really make it a good experience for yourself, uh, so that you can grow from that. And then that's, you know, that's, that's why I do this podcast because I want to create awareness and allow people to expand and grow. Now, Vicky had a question before, and I wanted to add on to that question. When I start to teach things like go into teach things like mediumship and mediumship development and connecting with spirit, um, I always tell people and warn people, once you open up that door, there is no going back because there is no going back.
2: Yes, it's 100% the same with you. <laughs> you. You know, she's going to open this door and you can't Close that, you can't unlearn that. It is now open. You're open to that other realm. Mm-hmm. And so now that's where the torch of responsibility is passed on to the participant. And what are you going to do with that going forward? Mm-hmm. And work with protecting your energy or protecting your space or controlling the environment that you're mm-hmm. in, right? So that mm-hmm. you have that, that protection and cultivation of a higher vibrational energy for yourself. Mm-hmm. Because if you allow yourself to drop, of course, as you know, then lower vibrational spirits can come in as well sure
0: yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) when 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 we allow our vibrational set points or point of attractions to drop down you know below the point of what i call neutrality neutrality um then we're now in the lower vibrational emotional set points and when we are in that position um uh uh, we attract that energy basically yeah Yeah. so and the and and then and then we start to like feel as if we're trapped in that space, it becomes this like cycle 22, you know? Um, So it's always important to be able to do that. Now, uh, do you have anything coming up here? Do you have like a ceremony ceremony coming up or do you have any projects that you're doing uh, right now?
2: Yes, I have. Well, we just finished a cacao ceremony uh, night before last. um, Oh, what's a
0: cacao ceremony?
2: So Uh cacao is another sacred medicine. It is not a psychedelic journey. Um, so cacao is a heart activator. So it um, is full of magnesium and iron and antioxidants. So it's actually very beneficial to drink the cacao for your physical body. Um, but it also creates that in fact, uh, effect just, Sorry, of releasing the endorphins within the body and the brain so it is an energizing medicine it is an activating medicine it has been used for hundreds of years um, around the world for heart opening ceremonies oh that's what i need yeah, it's beautiful. So I'm doing those um, pretty much monthly for under the full moon. So we do okay. a full moon cacao dance, mm-hmm. and a friend of mine, Dill Divine, he comes in and does a tarot reading. Oh,
0: and- Dill, Dill, I love Dill. Dill Dil will be yeah. our next uh, next um, uh, guest on the podcast. He's yeah. fascinating too.
2: So. amazing we've joined forces for the full moon cacao dance so he comes in and does his intuitive tarot and offers a guided meditation and then i offer the uh, ceremonial cacao and then we go out and dance on the grass underneath the full moonlight and allow that energy and that cacao to activate within the body and it's just so connective and you just radiating and feeling that collective consciousness and that love and compassion to each other for at the end of the ceremony. So there's another one of those coming up on January 7th at 8 oh. p.m. And then um, I have a small group ayahuasca ceremony on January 21st. There are two spaces available in that one left. Mm-hmm. And then um, the big one is the Sacred Medicine Women's Retreat And that is the end of March, beginning of April. It's gonna be a week long at Equilibrium Healing Resort here in Puerto Vallarta. And we will partake in six different sacred ceremonies. So there will be two te offered, a cambo cleanse, two ayahuasca ceremonies, and we will close it out with the cacao ceremony too.
0: And how did they reach out to you or how do they sign up for these or register for these um, ceremonies or experiences?
2: So you can go to my website at healthyhealinggoddess.com or on Facebook or Instagram at healthyhealinggoddess.com. <laughs>
0: yes. And it, can they call you or can people call you or would you rather them just go to the, go to your website or yeah, can yeah, they text contact, you?
2: Yeah, text. Okay. Uh, WhatsApp is a great way to contact me as well. And, okay. um, I'll-
0: and you're also on Facebook?
2: Yes, Facebook and Instagram at mm-hmm. Healthy Healing Goddess.
0: At Healthy Healing Goddess. Okay, got it. Now, besides um, uh, ayahuasca, you talked about cacao, which we went over, um, and then you mentioned temezcal ceremonies. Mm-hmm. So tell the audience what temezcal ceremonies do.
2: Temascal is a purification. Um, it also helps us to learn how to sit and uh, receive medicine because you go into um, it's a traditional sweat lodge basically is what it is and you pass through what they call four doors so um, as you go into the temaskal it is going to be dark within the temaskal they bring the rocks in pour the water over it and it steams up the temaskal so it becomes increasingly hotter which allows these things that are our fear-based reactions of wanting to get out um to teaches us how to sit with them and stay within when we're in the cooker so to speak right and heating up um our bodies additionally it is a wonderful purification as it helps to release the toxins out of the yeah. body
0: yeah yeah i've been i've been to temascals before and my very first one i think we i, I told you the story story already my very first one oh my god i thought my lungs were going to burn <laughs> and explode but i realized that you know when you stop stop the 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 idea of the flight or fight yes. yeah. response and the anxiety and you and you learn to calm your anxiety your breathing starts to take a different um rhythm and that helps you to be able to handle the heat that's within the 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 sweat lodge um yes. and we did go through four doors we we did some sort of a ceremony in the beginning with the shaman and then um there was a cleansing staging ceremony in, at the beginning and then it, in the sweat lodge itself they put like these herbs onto the rocks yes. and yeah and that created the heat and it in the it, correct me if I'm wrong but I think the gates were only like 15 minutes each
2: something Yeah, like that? that's about right yeah it's like two to three songs normally so about yeah. 15 minutes um per per door and each one is in reference to the four directions and the sacred elements mm-hmm. uh, and it's Basically like being in the womb because you're rebirthing, right? You're yeah. Out, facing your oh. mirror. the Yes. Temescal, and then when yeah. you come out.
0: It's like, yes. Like- yeah. And they would always like <clears throat> at the end of each door, each gate, um, they would kind of sort of lift the flap up just a little bit right. so we can get some some air in there. But I was amazed. I, I I was floored. The people who have who had been doing the Temescal ceremonies for so long they were singing
2: yes we sing yes
0: (laughs) i could barely i could barely breathe let alone sing because it was so hot in there you know so um but that's just my experience i mean other people may have different experiences but i had i had to really um uh utilize my meditation experience and my breath work to be able to handle it so
2: and there's also ways to work with that medicine as well so when you're in the Temazcal, you spoke of your lungs feeling like the fire. Um, I would think that you may have breathed in through your mouth at some point, And that's why you were getting the fire in your lungs. So when mm. you are in Temazcal, it's really important to always breathe in and out through the nose. Mm. And if it begins to get too hot for you, you can always go down to the ground and the ground, because the steam rises. right? So to the ground is cooler. Right and um we always recommend for people to bring like a pareo or a little hand towel with them, so when they're pouring the steam you can always breathe in to that towel so it's not as uh,
0: intense, it's intense see yeah, I know. no, no, I stuck it out I was a trooper I was sitting <laughs> crouched on the floor, <laughs> didn't didn't put my head between my my knees or anything like that or to get close to the ground I was like I'm gonna do this yeah so, yeah no, it was a great experience and I would recommend. I totally recommend it, it was a very cleansing experience for me and um I've been back, I've been back several times clearly if it was a bad experience I wouldn't have gone back but I've been back several times since
1: yeah
2: um,
0: Yeah. so now do you do like the bufo stuff too or do you do do, do you know? I
2: do not I have assisted in bufo um previously but I personally do not um offer or facilitate the bufo it's just you know you're called to work with certain medicines and at this time in my journey that is not one that I am called to to share
0: to share. Okay. And then now you work out of your house, right? Correct. Okay. So what do, you, what do you do there? Do you have meditations there? Do you...
2: Um, so for people who are looking for cambo cleanse, that is a one-on-one, that is not a group session. Um, so those can be booked throughout the week um, on a one-on-one basis. For the small group ayahuasca and the cacao dances, those are group ceremonies. You can find those on the website or on social media. And all the instructions are there on how to book in for those.
0: And then one more thing. Rape? Rape? Rape,
2: yes. Yeah, what is that? So um, rape or rapé, depending on how the pronunciation is, it is a sacred tobacco snuff. Mm -hmm. So it is a base of uh, sacred tobacco or mapacho. Mapacho is commonly used in the medicine ceremonies. Um, We will be blowing the mapacho on or around you. It is spirit of the grandfather and it brings in protection for the Mm -hmm. space and for the participant um hape is a little bit different so this is going to be the ground ash of the tobacco and different types of medicinal plants so you could have mugwort or cacao or any other um you know sacred herbs that are blended within it so there is a variation of rapé greatly there are soft rapés there are mint rapés there are medium rapés there are very strong rapés Mm-hmm. So it is applied through the nose um, via a what's oh, called a tepi, mm-hmm. um, which is basically like a, a small bamboo stick um, that I would blow the rapé into the nose. Um, and again, it's very important to not breathe in through the nose after that. So this is reverse of temazcal. You would breathe it in and out softly um, from your mouth. But rapé is used to, basically it clears... The mind it takes you off of the hamster wheel in your head so when you receive that medicine it's like this instant and it just clears the mind so it's great to use for meditation to be able to clear the space to clear mm-hmm. your energy it's sometimes used prior to entering a Mescal mm-hmm. or throughout different ceremonies as well
0: mm-hmm. does that include ayahuasca
2: yes mm-hmm. yes
0: okay so so you know so much about this i'm so impressed that's that's <laughs> That's amazing. Um, well, thank you so much for Vicky. Do you have any more questions for her, or
1: I don't. You answered most of my questions, and I'm gonna um, take a session said I would love to chat with her, and my throat is so I'm scared of talking that I'm gonna start coughing again. Oh so uh, okay? no, no I'm worries.
0: Right yeah, no worries. I could, I could. I'm looking at Vicky's eyes right now, and I could tell. Her things are spinning in her, like her gears are spinning in her head. She's like very excited about this. So, yeah. um, I'm glad that, uh, that she got something from this as well. So, but Crystal, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. I appreciate your knowledge and your expertise and everything. And I wish you all the best for this upcoming year. Um, And if there's anything, anything that you want to add to the podcast in terms of like what you're doing, just let us know. And we'll, we'll add it towards the, at the end of the podcast with like a little um, um, contact information type of thing. So we'll put it, put your little schedule up there so, so that people can know how to reach you and, and what events are coming up for you. So um, thank you so much for, for your time and, and, and for spending the uh, hour with
2: us. Thank so. you, Kennedy, and thank you for having me. It was an honor to be here today.
0: Sure, thank you so much. Take good care, okay?
2: Likewise, have a wonderful day. Bye bye. Bye. That bye.
0: was that was good. Um, yeah, that was a good one. I like that. That she's she's good. She's cool. She's I really cool. Liked her. Did yeah. you never met her before?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Okay, so <laughs> she's for sure. Yeah, so she's she's. Um, uh she's one person that if i were to do do ayahuasca i'd do it with her i i there's a trust level there that i would do um you know i'm I'm pretty sure everybody else is good you, you know other people are good too as well but i just because i've known her and and i i know that she holds these events and and the people that go to the events i've always heard good things about them so i, I would definitely like you know um trust her if i were to do something like ayahuasca